0: Welcome to the Beyond High Performance podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggert, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. Welcome to your finest
1: hour a series of interviews going behind the scenes with world-class leaders and their coaches on how to make the most out of coaching and life. Coaching is such a private experience, so it can be difficult to know what it's like, who does it and how they are creating results. So we're giving you a sneak peek into how the top leaders go beyond high performance. I'm Joseph King-Barkley and I get to serve as the president of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching and the director of development at Novus Global. I also get to serve as an executive coach in Novus Global. Today, I'm joined by Kristen Barnes and her executive coach, Laura Groon. In today's conversation, we walk through Kristen's mindset behind hiring a coach after being her company's top sales director two years running, and how her and Laura established boundaries between their friendship and their coaching relationship. Through this investment in herself, we outline her journey of discovering and overcoming her limiting beliefs, how to clear the intuitive fence, why she selflessly shared this work with her whole team, and the massive goal-smashing numbers that have resulted from it. We hope you enjoy the show. The wait is
2: finally over. Our new book, Beyond High Performance, what great coaches know about how the best get better, is available for purchase wherever books are sold. This USA Today bestseller is more than 250 pages of expertise, anecdotes, and insights from Novus Global Coaches, as well as faculty from the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. We are so excited to put our proprietary framework that has helped thousands of leaders achieve more into your hands. And we can't wait to see how you'll use the book to enhance your life and leadership. To learn more and obtain this essential resource for yourself, visit novusglobal forward slash book. Hey
1: everyone, my name is Joseph King Barkley and I'm an executive coach with Novus Global and I get to serve as the president of the Meta Performance Institute. And today I am joined by Kristen Barnes. Kristen is a sales director at an international rare disease pharmaceutical company. And we are also joined by her executive coach, Laura Groon. Welcome to the show. Kristen, I want to start with you and ask what on earth might have possessed you to hire an executive coach. But first, we need a little bit of context. Uh, I don't know how many of our listeners are specifically in your field, but I suspect a lot of them are going to identify with decisions that you have made to create change over the course of your professional life. So give us a little bit of context. Uh, sort of like a flyover of your professional life. You didn't start in pharmaceutical sales, right?
2: Right. I did not. I actually started as a speech language pathologist working in the hospital setting with stroke patients. Wow. So yes, very different journey than a lot of my colleagues, but I loved patients. I loved working with patients, working with their families. And I really enjoyed that. I did that for about six years and a lot of different Reasons came into play, but I ended up switching over to sales. I had a lot of friends in sales, was encouraged to come over. But what I liked about it, I was in medical sales and then pharmaceutical sales. And I liked that I was still getting to help patients Hmm. with also having this very fun, challenging, you know, goal opportunities in front of me and working with teams, working with people to Build something all along. You're getting to help patients along the way, so it was kind of the best of both worlds for my personality. I think.
1: And what's the difference mm-hmm. between medical sales and pharmaceutical sales?
2: So pharmaceutical sales, you are bringing information to physicians on typically newer drugs that are on the market for different diseases, or sometimes maybe the drug's been on the market a long time, but you get a new indication for something. So you're educating physicians on medications so they can provide those for the correct patients. Medical sales kind of covers a, a gamut. It can be device diagnostic. I worked in diagnostics. So I worked for big labs that diagnosed difficult diseases to diagnose. So, so very high science testing. So I brought that education to the physicians of these are the tests we have when you're trying to do a differential diagnosis of all kinds of things, cancer, I mean, all kinds of different diseases out there. So
1: I hear from the beginning of your professional life that you care a lot about solving very, very painful, complicated problems for people. You love people. And it may seem intuitive to some of our listeners, but please connect why pharmaceutical sales is so closely related to your heart for what you want, the impact that you want to create in the world.
2: Well, you know, it when you put patients at the forefront, and I'm, and I'm not saying that every single company does that. I've been very fortunate to work for companies that were very patient-focused and patient-centered. And when I finally got to work, for a company that provides medications for rare disease and ultra-rare disease. I mean, these are patients that for a long time didn't know what they even had, hmm. knew that they were sick, but didn't maybe didn't have a diagnosis, and then maybe got a diagnosis, and then, I'm so sorry, there's no medication for what you have. Maybe there's medications to try to alleviate some of the symptoms of what you have, but there's actually nothing out there to treat what you have. And so there are a lot of small rare disease companies out there that people don't really realize even exist cuz you usually only hear about the you know the big companies that are out there just researching and developing these drugs for these patients that have no hope or nothing to hold on to as they're trying to fight these diseases. So when I finally landed in rare disease, my heart just kind of fit into mm. the template of what they do. I mean, we have an entire patient services department of our company that work with the patients and the caregivers. I mean, you know, we have another team that works with the payers and we're trying to help these patients get these medications, you know, in their hands, get them paid for. And so the patients aren't suffering from their disease and financially. And so there's just this entire world that a lot of people don't even know about that are fighting for these patients and helping these patients get what they need. And then these patients come to our meetings and share their stories. And there's not a dry eye an audience. I mean, it's really something yeah. quite special to be a part
1: of. I can only imagine. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is how you would talk about yourself or your company, but as you're talking, you're telling us the story, it seems to me that you are driven by being an advocate for people who may not know that there's any help available to them.
2: Absolutely. Being able to do that now as a career is actually quite special because you, you are fighting for patients. You're trying to get the education out there, let the doctors know this medicine is here, for these patients and also try to break down barriers you know, or obstacles for the patients getting the medications. Because sometimes patients don't fully understand exactly mm-hmm. what they have or how to get it. And it feels defeating. And then we're able to come alongside them on their journey and help them get what they need. And it's really unbelievable to be a part of.
1: Well, it's really no surprise given your passion and your, what in our world, we would call fierce advocacy for others, how that would drive you towards the career path that you've chosen. And you've also developed a certain set of skills that also can create value in the marketplace and create success for yourself. So long before you ever considered executive coaching, I have a little bit of background information. I think you moved into your new company in about four years ago, right? 2019? Yes. And from what I understand, you experienced some early success while a part of that company. So tell us a little bit about, and brag on yourself if you can, brag on yourself a little bit about what did you accomplish? What did you and your team accomplish during your first few years in this company?
2: When I first started with my company, I actually was in the patient services department, which was wonderful for a while and had an opportunity to move. There was an opening to move back into sales. And so I I jumped on that. And then my team and I, we just started setting our goals and, you know, making our business plans and attacking what we had in front of us. And we were doing quite well. My first Two years as an area sales director, I was the number one area sales director in my business unit hmm. in the country and my team was the number one team. So we were experiencing a lot of success early on, but I did still get a coach. <laughs> and we could talk about that if you if you want to. <laughs> but no, I, my first two years as an ASD were amazing. I mean, we were winning the awards and yeah, feeling good. I so. have to interrupt <laughs> you
1: there because yeah. and you're going there intuitively. That's actually a good place for me to ask this next question that's on my mind. A lot of our listeners are already high performers. They've achieved a ton, accomplished a lot. They're skilled, they're successful. They want to make a massive difference in the world, and they've already made a difference in the world to some degree. And there's a question that we always assume is on someone like that's mind. And that question is why, <laughs> as a successful person, would I invest my precious money and my time in an executive coach when I am already winning to a certain degree? So, Kristen, I have to ask, what possessed you to invest or at least explore getting an executive coach initially? What was like the inciting event or the catalyst towards that?
2: So it's interesting because I, you know, I'd been in sales for a long time and experienced a lot of success, even at other companies had been the number one sales rep in the company, had been the number one sales director in another company. And then when I moved over to my new company and then having the same type of success, it felt great until it didn't. (laughs) Mm. And what happened here was, I was actually in a meeting with my team towards the end of that second year that we were the number one. And I could feel in the room, just the weariness of everyone in the room. And yes, I have a team of high performers, unbelievably talented team. And And I've always been a high performer, but I felt like we had gotten to a place where I honestly did not know what to do next. And that Mm. was a very scary feeling as a leader. Somebody on my Mm. team shared with me that the stress was so bad that he was having heart palpitations and went to the doctor. And I thought, no kidding, oh dear God, like there's got to be a better way. Like I have to help my team not only continue to perform, I mean, they will be so disappointed in themselves if they don't like they're just very driven people we've got goals in front of us that we have to meet our company depends on us our patients depend on us mm. but how can we do this better different where we also are not having to have to the doctor because of heart issues at the end of the year like there's got to be something a better way of doing this and also i left that meeting and i came home and i just was struck with fear i felt stuck i thought okay so what i already have In me, I was able to bring to my team for the first two years, Mm. help them achieve their goals, help them be the number one team in the company. It was fun, it was great. Now I feel empty. I feel like I have given everything I have. I don't know what else to do. And they deserve to have a leader that can bring them to the next level. And y'all, I just did not think I had it in me to do it. I just felt so spent. Mentally, emotionally, I really threw my hands up in the air and I was like, I I need help. I don't know what else to do. I feel like we've hit that spot of now what? And I don't know how to answer that question.
1: A lot of our listeners absolutely identify with what you just shared. I know I have. There's a time in my life when I landed myself in the hospital because winning at that season in my life was hazardous to my emotional and physical health. And then I also hear you saying there was a sense of I'm stuck. Like, is this as far as I can take this thing? And yet there's, there's that advocate in you waking up and saying, but I want to fight for more. I want to fight for our patients or our future patients for my team. But could we succeed in a way that's healthier than this? That's more life-giving than this. I know that you started having conversations with a friend who happened to be an executive coach, Laura Groon. And I don't know that it's always advisable to be coached by someone who is also a friend. So Laura, I actually wanna turn the attention to you, give you a second here to, to talk about how did you and Kristen begin exploring whether or not coaching would be a good fit for some of the challenges that she was facing, the vision that she had.
3: Yeah, so at the point where Kristen was reaching that level of feeling like we've plateaued, <laughs> they were asking themselves the question, the high performer question, how can we be the best? And they did it, they achieved it multiple times. And then it also just didn't feel fulfilling. Like, what's next? We're burnt out. We're tired. We're done. And Kristen, as a leader, thought, how can I lead my team really beyond this high performance that we've experienced, beyond being the best? I don't know how to do that. I've used my resources. And you can hear, like, Kristen's an incredibly talented salesperson. She loves her team. She's an amazing leader. And she's seen a lot of results from that but she's also the kind of person who says I think there's more and and if there is I want to offer it. I want to be that leader for my team, for these patients, for my company. And so when I heard her, I was actually just visiting her as a friend and asking her how she was doing, and when I heard her talk about this space she was in with her work, you know, it just lit me up because the ideal client for us to work with is the client who is like, I am successful and I know I'm capable of more. And I just want a partner. I want someone to come in and help me see where I might be getting in the way of exploring more. So when I heard that, I just asked her a few questions to kind of dig a little deeper and get curious with her and get curious about you know, what she might see as some of her you know, potential ways she's getting in the way of dreaming bigger or underestimating herself or her team. And those questions, you know, asked as a friend really uncovered, I think, a desire to work with someone to get to the next level. So from there, we just started talking about what would it look like for us to do this work together, for us to partner. And we definitely confronted, like, what are the advantages and disadvantages of working with a friend? but from my perspective you know i think we set a really good space up for the coaching where i was clear like my intent is when kristen shows up at a call from the moment the call starts until our time is up we are in the coaching space we aren't in the catching up being friends how are things with aaron her husband how are the dogs like We are making the maximum use of the time because Kristen has invested in that time to get her where she wants to go. And so, you know, I came in in full agreement, like I'm going to be your coach and I'm going to, you know, offer you direct feedback and not be concerned about our friendship in those moments. And then, you know, I would love it if we if we jumped on the phone and continued to talk about personal life and other things. But let's keep these spaces sacred and separate. And I think we've done that really well, but I'll let you comment, Kristen, on on your experience.
2: No, absolutely. Um, I think one of the, and we definitely kept them separate. Um, Our coaching time was for coaching and she does ask a lot of questions. I will (laughs) echo that. (laughs) And she does, um, she held me accountable and, and it was great. And then we would hop on the phone later and catch up on personal. But I actually think that us being friends, us being very clear in the beginning of what this was for and the way we we're going to use the time. But also I knew inherently already that she cared about me. Mm. So any type of feedback that I was getting or any time she was calling me out on something, which she had to do that, I also knew that she loved me and it was coming from a good place. But I think, you know, anytime you're in a coaching relationship like that, I mean, the coach knows your goals, knows your vision and wants to help you achieve that. And it does come from a place of care, So if you can just go ahead and know that from the get-go, it's a lot easier to take the feedback.
1: Hi, my name is Mike Park, and I'm a proud graduate of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. The faculty of the Meta Performance Institute not only provided the training tools and experience to learn how to coach people toward powerful growth and thrilling results, but also advocated for that kind of growth and results in my own life. I had the unique opportunity to have world-class executive coaches invest in my development both professionally and personally. It's a privilege to be part of a tribe of coaches fiercely committed to exploring what we are capable of together. If you're looking to become a coach or to set up your coaching practice to reach the next level, I highly I highly recommend the certification from the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. To fill out a free assessment of your abilities as a coach and to connect with someone to find out if the Meta Performance Institute is for you, check out www.mp.institute. Well, in our experience, often the first season of coaching, once the client engages, we've got a clear vision. One of the phrases we'll use is like crystal clear and white hot, like we know what we're going after and it matters. And this is why it matters to our families or to the world around us. So you got that clear vision, you get started with the coaching relationship, but usually the first you know, month, two months, three months mm-hmm. – Is a bit of like acclimating and there might even be some tension created and i'm not so sure and what are we doing here that it's almost disorienting kristen you experience any of that in just that first season before you started to to see results
2: yes (laughs) laura asked me so many questions um a lot of times we sat in silence because i just didn't even know how to answer um and there's no right answer which is something that i learned through coaching but it she was just making me think about things that i didn't want to think about or I didn't want to address, or I think I I realized through the coaching that I had a lot of mindsets about myself that I didn't know I had because I'm like happy-go-lucky. I mean, I'm a confident person. I think I'm pretty great. It's not like I'm down on myself, but even with all of that, I had a lot of not nice mindsets about myself, the way I viewed myself, the way I viewed the way I came across to people. And I didn't even realize it until Laura's asking me these questions. And I I had to be honest and answer them. It was very eye-opening how I was actually down on myself a lot, which I would have never said that before. It really opened me up to just really being honest with myself about how I viewed myself and how I viewed what I was capable of doing. And also, I think Laura challenged me you know, to then come up with what I can do next, because like. You come to coaching because you're like, I don't know what to do. And honestly, what I wanted Laura to do was to tell me what to do. Mm. I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do, so I want you to give me a list of things that I can go do and get better and improve, and I'll check them off as I go because I love making a to-do list, and I love checking as I go. And if I do something that I didn't even know I was going to do, I'll go back and add it to my list, and I'll check it off even—I <laughs> mean, that's how ridiculous it is. But Laura, that's not what happened at all. I came up with what I was going to do next. But the whole reason why I was coaching is because I didn't know what to do next. But really, that's what's so valuable about coaching is that you actually do. And it's buried in you under all of this feeling of that, but that's impossible. No one's ever done it like that before. I can't do that. I'd be the first one here to do that. People are going to think I'm crazy. Like buried under all of that is actually what to do next. But I had no access to it until I started coaching. And then she would hold me accountable to do some of these crazy things I said I could do. And then we'd hang up and I'm like, I don't actually want to do any of these things I just said I would do. But because of the integrity part of coaching, when you say you're going to do something, you do it. But it stretched me and it forced me to do things I wasn't comfortable doing. And what I learned after I took that step or reached out to that person for help or whatever it was, I was like, oh, oh, I wish I would have done that a long time ago. That actually wasn't that bad at all. And that was super helpful. And now I've just moved one step closer to my goal. So it really was fascinating and sometimes annoying, if I'm honest. <laughs> That's
1: fair. That's kind of yeah. the Venn diagram we're shooting right. for. Fascinating right. and annoying.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, That's
1: great. Thanks, Kristen.
3: I just want to clarify that Kristen and I are still really good friends, even though sometimes in the coaching space, I was
2: annoying.
1: <laughs> are you just annoying saying up for the results. podcast? Annoying yeah. with results.
2: Right. But I will say I was equally as annoying. And we could give each other that feedback and it's totally fine.
1: You know, we, I would say
2: we're closer than ever. So it's totally. all good.
1: <laughs> well, you know, we often say that uh, creating a client has a lot to do with rapport and trust. And you had some trust going into it because you were friends before. But there's, you know, a, a certain amount of, okay, we're taking a risk together. We're investing in something where it's not necessarily a gamble. I mean, there's things we're going after that are very clear and measurable. But creating a client or starting a coaching relationship has a lot to do with just rapport and trust. Continuing in a coaching relationship, we say, really is based on results. If a client is not experiencing results in the coaching relationship, then I would not blame them for cutting it off early or saying, hey, we gave it a shot for a month, but we're done. But you continued to coach and you started to see some results. And remember, you were already at the pinnacle, at least what you thought was the pinnacle of like, we were already winning. We just didn't like how we were winning and how we felt while we were winning. But you experienced something else in the coaching relationship in terms of results. So what were some of those highlights?
2: I would say instead of just taking the, the company's goals, which were lofty, I mean, I'm not going to lie, like our company was very much a growth company and the, the goals were tough and we joked every quarter we would find out and like faint of what the company <laughs> expected us to do. But I never really considered us making our own goals. Like to me, the goals were the goals and that's what we shoot for. And then like you, you get over the goal and then you collapse. Like that's just the way we lived every quarter. And the but, better
3: you do, the higher the goal the
2: next time, right? Yes. Cause, every, yes. Cause it goes based on your baseline, how you did before and then your gold on that. So, you just keep shooting yourself in the foot, basically, you know, as your expectations are just, you know, just being raised every time. But Laura introduced something, and also uh, at the same time that I was coaching with Laura, this the book from from y'all from the Meta Performance Institute came out, the Beyond High Performance. And I was also reading the book at the same time. And Laura introduced something with goaling with using the in- intuitive fence. And so for those of you that, it, I mean, y'all could explain an intuitive fence better than me, but if it's okay, I'll, I'll explain it. And then just how we adapted it for our team. Yeah. But the intuitive fence is the idea that you have, you know, of course, I know this is, I'm like making motions with my hands and I know this is a podcast, but basically just think <laughs> of a circle that's a fence. And in the middle is whatever your goal is, it's completely possible. And the further you move out to the, you know, to the fence towards one end of the one side of the circle it gets less possible and less possible. And then on the outside of that fence is something you think is absolutely nuts, impossible, crazy, cannot happen. So when Laura introduced this idea, I was like, what happens when you shoot for the impossible? Well, what if you actually hit it? Like, what if you actually achieve? So we just started talking about the possibility of for high performers, which we all are or were. Instead of saying, you know, how can I be the best or how can I be number one? We already were like, what are the possibilities? Like, what can we possibly accomplish, which would actually get us on the outside of that fence? So what I had my team do, we did it as an, as an area, and then each team member took their territory. And in the middle, they put what they knew they could accomplish, bringing revenue in for their territory. And then as they went out towards the fence, it was less possible. And then they had to pick a crazy number on the outside of the fence of what they thought was actually impossible. But then, of course, my team pushed back and said, But like, now if I set that as a goal and I don't meet it, I'm gonna feel bad about myself. Uh-huh. And I was like, Okay, so this is the trick, right? Like, this is where mindset comes in. I was like, But just think about it when you drive, you go where you're looking, right? I mean, if you're driving and you look to the right, the car accidentally goes to the right. I said, so you're going to go where you're looking. So you set that impossible goal outside and you look at it. And that's your vision. That's where you're going. I was like, and keep your eye on the ball. I was like, and then let's work backwards and build a plan to get you where impossible is no longer impossible. Like y'all said in the book, you just call it Tuesday. So that was (laughs) what we adopted for our team. And I took it a step further because I like sports and I made a baseball theme and so that fence is the baseball fence and we are going to be swinging for the fences. So our goals we are like swinging for the fences. I bought everyone a little miniature bat which I'm holding up again on the podcast if you, you can't see it. But it's a little mini wooden bat that we all had to write our impossible goals on enter and, and you had to have it with you at all times like in the car, you know, in your bag when you're when you're out working at your desk to remind you of what you're swinging for. And just anytime you feel discouraged, just pick up the bat. And so we set these crazy goals. We set plans in motion to make these goals happen. And a lot of it was people would say, well, I don't want to do this and this. I was like, well, then don't do that and that. If you don't enjoy that part of your job, stop doing that. What can you do differently? So we just started thinking outside of the box. you know. And then they would say an obstacle. Well, my territory, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, is it possible you're wrong about that? Like, let's name all the obstacles in our territory and then pick one that you're wrong about. And then let's work on that. We just really started blowing up just the way we thought about our work and our job. Like, let's approach this like an athlete. Let's stop approaching work the way we normally do. And we just get over the finish line and collapse, having heart you know, issues. Like, let's make mm-hmm. this fun again. Let's remember why we're doing this. The patient is why we're doing this. Let's fight for the patient. Let's enjoy the journey." And let's set these crazy goals and then let's go after them. And if we don't hit them, I bet you we're going to get a lot closer to at least was least possible than what's possible in the middle. So let's just shoot, you know, shoot for the moon. So we did this. And I I have to say that every single person on my team blew out their goal, the goal they made for themselves. So much so that the area for the goal that our company set for us, we were $8 million over that. (laughs) But we were give me a sense million. as
1: like a as a percentage. Their goal was this and eight million is what percent bigger than the goal they set for you.
2: So that was eighteen percent growth than the goal that they had given us. <laughs> Which is insane and awesome and something to be celebrated. Well, how did the team feel like when you crossed that line? Yeah, we were on top of the, I mean, we were on top of the world. I mean, just look, you know, looking at each other, like, look at what we built like together, which was so fun to celebrate as a team, but also to celebrate each other individually for like what they all brought to the table and why we were 18% higher than what the company expected of us, which was already a crazy growth goal. But this is where it gets interesting, (laughs) y'all, is that. I was like, okay, so they're saying this number, I'm gonna throw 2 million on that. That's gonna be our crazy, impossible goal. Like there's no way that we can grow that much more than what they already said because their goal's crazy. And then we grew
1: 6 million above that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Anne, I want you to compare. Yeah. So you are now winning on a metric level bigger than you have ever won together as a team. Compare that to winning together in the heart palpitation season. Yes. What was it like being on the team when you exceeded the company's goal for you by 18 percent
2: it was fun invigorating life-giving instead of life-taking I mean I also Mm. because of how we did it I felt like our communication just as a team we have a group text that's always going but this year our group text is on fire even on the weekends everybody's so invested in each other not just professionally but personally i felt like it created this group effort this um this is what we're shooting for and we're doing this together there was a lot of sharing of best practices which it's not that my team wasn't already doing that but it was more because we'd get on our team calls and we're on a zoom we can all you know see each other and everyone has got their bat in their hand and i we would say i was like okay share share a big swing and a miss like who swung big and totally <laughs> missed or who struck out and everybody would start sharing, oh, I tried this, it didn't work, or whatever it was, you know, or like who who just hit a home run this week? And so people started sharing their their good news with each other. And then someone would say, Well, I want to try that. Like, how did you go about doing that? Because I've tried it before and it went like this. And so I just felt like it everyone was so much more invested in what they were doing and invested in each other without almost sending themselves to the hospital with the stress of it all. Like it just kind of flipped it on its head where it became fun again. Instead of like falling under the pressure, like crumbling under the pressure of, we have to stay number one, we have to stay number one. It, it's, I felt like we kind of took that out and then let's enjoy the job again. Let's approach mm. this job differently. Every day is an opportunity to grow, to learn, to get better at something, and then come back and share it with your team mm-hmm. um, and do what you didn't think you could do. Like w- What a great feeling when you actually do something and then you say, I didn't know I could do that. And I feel like that's the whole point of coaching and y'all's book too, is like you do something and then you're like, I didn't know I could do that. But something I learned as a leader as well, and we all learned too, is that I also grossly underestimated us as a team because, I mean, when I picked my impossible, we blew my impossible out of the water. (laughs) So that was really eye-opening for me as well. So then Laura asked this question, where else do you think you could be underestimating your team and yourself? Mm. And then that opened up a whole nother. So then we started talking about career development because we talked about it, but everybody's like, yeah, one day, but I just want to focus on what I'm doing. But then this started this feeling of like, well, what's possible for me? Do I want to do, I mean, I love doing this, but like, what's my future look like? And I was like, I'm not saying you guys have to go get a a new job. Please don't leave, actually. We're having a great time. But what else do you want to do in your life? And I feel like it spilled over. People started sharing their intuitive fence goals for health, Wow. For wellness, for relationships, like I want my relationship with my teenage daughter to look like this. That feels impossible to me. You know, financial goals for for their families, travel goals. like it really just started to bleed out into other areas of our life. and, you know, Laura would ask questions like, when you think about your future, like what thrills you? What would be a thrilling future? and I had to say, like, I think I've been so focused on my work tomorrow, my work tomorrow, my work tomorrow, that I don't know that I've opened up my mind to that yet. And this thinking started opening up my mind. I started having more fun conversations with my husband about, like, what do we want to do? Like, what would thrill us in this life? So it really did. I mean, of course, yes, it definitely helped me and my team be very successful at our jobs, which was awesome. But I feel like it opened us up to how do we want to be successful And hit crazy goals in every other aspect of our life, which was a nice bonus that I wasn't counting on. What if one call could change what you once thought was impossible into a reality? Novus Global is offering you an exploration call with one of their world-class coaches to explore what you as a leader and your team are capable of. Novus Global is an elite executive coaching firm that works with multi-billion dollar companies, professional athletes, nonprofit leaders, and faith in government, all to create teams, companies, and communities that go beyond high performance. Book your call right now. just go to novice.global forward slash now.
1: Laura, from your vantage point as her executive coach, what were some of the results or the transformations that you were noticing?
3: Yeah, well, it's I got to say it's like emotional just listening to Kristen. Like, this is why I love this work. Like, where else can you do something like set a higher goal than the hard goal that the company set for you and experience this kind of result of community created amongst her team, a uh, new vulnerability uh, for Kristen to look at herself and say, how am I underestimating underestim- myself? How am I underestimating my husband? How am I underestimating our future and what we could have together? Just opening up this door and watching her step into all of that energy, like the gifted and talented and motivated leader that she was she was still facing a moment of burnout and some moment of, you know, crisis of what am I doing here and and can I help? Mm-hmm. And then to really embrace this work of transformation and growth, like maybe more as possible and step into that and then watch her life like pop in all of these different areas that were exciting. But I want to say, like, unless you're listening and you think, wow, it sounds like that was super easy, Like, Kristen just told them this bat thing and gave them bats, and then they went out and they blew their goals out of the water. Like, I will tell you, like, there were sessions that we had where Kristen came in and she was like, there is nothing else I can do. Like, we are at this number, we are not at our number, and I'm dry. Like, I'm out of ideas. Mm. And I would love to hear, Kristen, for you, like, how did you experience those moments, and then what did it look like coming out of that to kind of go back into the game and take another swing.
2: Well, it's really interesting because you you feel like if you were having some success with the coaching, using the tools, seeing it work, and then you hit a little plateau that you would be able to go back into your memory and say, oh, well, this happened to me before and then Laura and I did this and then we experienced growth again. But unfortunately, you don't. I go to Laura and go, I have no, nothing else left. I mean, I did the same thing again that I had done previously. And it's like, Kristen, why don't you learn? But this is why you have a coach to re-remind you and get you back in the mindset you need to be in. But Lord just asked me a ton of questions <laughs> again. And we dug into kind of what else? Like a lot of it is just what else? Like who else have you not reached out to? Like maybe is there another ASD somewhere else that's maybe they're doing something differently, maybe reach out to them. And that's a vulnerable thing to say, hey, like, I feel stuck, but I feel like you're doing something cool over there. What are you doing? But then it, then I feel like, well, what are you doing? You know? So then we started sharing what, and, and then that just helps everybody and helps the whole company. It's really a beautiful thing. But I think not only with my own mindset, was I experiencing that and had to go back to Laura and kind of get recharged mm-hmm. also my team, like you can share all of this with your team. And it's not like everybody, the first day I launched, this was like, yeah. I mean, some people were s- <laughs> skeptical, like, Okay, so I just, like, name this crazy goal, and it's, like, out there, and then I just, like, the universe just gives it to me. And I'm like, actually, no, this is not, like, the secret. This is not one of those things. I'm not saying, you know, all of a sudden, that we're going to Harry Potter this, and, like, you're going to meet all your goals. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that when you set a goal like that, and you set a vision for yourself, and you make a plan, it just, you now have put something into motion, and it doesn't change The universe it doesn't change maybe what's happening out there it changes you because now every time an obstacle comes up which one comes up every single day in our job instead of you being completely defeated by that obstacle it changes you and how you view it let's okay so you can name the obstacle i'm not i never want to not validate my team like Mm -hmm. some of these obstacles are true obstacles but how are we going to attack it like how can we go over it how can we go around it What are we not thinking of? How is this an opportunity? Can we look back and see, oh, this was actually an opportunity a couple of weeks ago. I didn't recognize it. Now it's an obstacle. Like, let's kind of dissect it and then come up with a plan to move forward. And what I found is what, you know, Laura asking me a ton of questions, I started asking my team instead of giving them the answer, which a lot of times us as leaders, we want to rescue our people because we love them. I don't want my team to struggle. I love them. If I think I have the answer, I want to give it to them. But something I learned In coaching, is it's actually way more empowering for them for them to understand that they actually have the answer already in them. Like they've got what it takes to do this. Let's just help get it out there. So I started asking them a ton of questions, which I'm sure was very annoying for them as well. And they realized that they actually had, they're like, Oh, well, you know what I could do? What if I did, you know, A, B, and C? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. She's like, I wonder if anybody else on our team has done that. I was like, why don't you shoot it in the text and find out? Let's see if anybody's done this. You know, uh, we can expand on it. So so then the same people that like I had one of my reps before we started Q3s, like she had just had the best Q2 of her life, totally blew out her goal. And she calls me the first couple weeks of Q3. she goes, there's no way I'm making my goal in Q3. And I'm just like, we just celebrated you. Like you totally like mm-hmm. she blew out her impossible. It was way past what was on the outside of her fence. And I was like, we literally just had this conversation. And now you're telling me you're not going to make your goal. But it's exactly what I was doing with Laura. So that's the thing. It's not like this, like we started it and then we shot like this. No, like we did not just, it wasn't just up. I mean, it was, there are, you know, it ebbs and flows and there are definitely valleys that we all fell into and had to kind of get each other out of that. And so she named all her obstacles, she named some opportunities and then she blew out her goal again in Q3. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, you know, I was like, it's not that I'm not listening to you, but I don't want you to forget what your vision is. Like your vision is possible. Like, yes, these obstacles suck. I was like, but there is a way around them. Like there, you know, there's other opportunity that we're not thinking of. Let's think together and come up with some, some ideas. So it wasn't smooth sailing, but it's still not like we just got into Q4. And how many of my people are right now, like, there's no way I'm going to make goal. I mean, this is a constant mindset that we have to keep ourselves in and we have to pull each other up. Some of us get down and the other one pulls up. And then sometimes that person gets down and the other one pulls them up. And so we do that for each other, but it's, we're all so invested in doing that now that it's just become part of our team culture.
1: Yeah, you're developing and finely tuning reflexes because there's neural pathways, there's habits that have been formed over years and years and years of living life. When an obstacle shows up, this is how I have responded up until now, historically. And reinvention around that is, is a lot like one of the ways you climb a mountain. It is like you, you walk around the thing and around the thing as you are elevating your experience. And so the next time an obstacle comes up, some of the same old messages are gonna pop up, of course. But learning to more quickly identify them, replace them, and open up more options that seem available to you is, is really when the transformation begins to show up in the real world. Like, wow, I, I now am more resourceful than ever what seemed insurmountable facing those same obstacles i've got more options available to me laura we often work alongside each other in teams a team of coaches is often deployed to serve within a team and as i hear kristen talking i think how exciting it is for this team that they have someone in their midst who is so committed to her own growth and transformation and so committed to to their growth and health and transformation In your experience, as we've served with teams or companies, how important is it to have someone in the mix that has the same commitment and full participation as Kristen has?
3: It's huge. Um, Kristen took the tools. She invested in the coaching for herself as a leader because it's what she believed in for herself, that there was more growth available for her. But then she took the tools and, and believed in her team and taught them, hey, I want you all to experience this new life, this new growth that I'm experiencing. I'm underestimating myself. I bet you are as well. And so then her team picks up the tools and they start to experience results. You know, as a result of Kristen's investment, her team has had higher bonuses and more vacations and higher recognition and greater promotional opportunities that came, flowed from, you know, her personal work. the tools and I know Kristen well enough to know that that's super gratifying for her that's more gratifying for her than the awards she was winning along the way but also what we hear a lot in a company is when we work with somebody one-on-one they say I really wish and desire that everyone in my culture had the same access to these tools I would love to be able to use this language as a team I would love for everybody to see the point of aiming for the impossible And so it's often out of one person's experience and results that an entire culture is changed. We come in and we work with their whole team or with a team of leaders all at Kristen's level to see, can we bring up everyone in the company the way that she brought up her team? And it starts to catch fire. And actually, we haven't even talked about that result that came is like how Kristen has been recognized in the company for her leadership because of what Mm. her team is doing and so I'd love to hear a little more, Kristen, about what happened after your team started
2: experiencing these results. Yeah, so I shared with my boss just on our you know, our one-on-one meeting together what I was doing with my team, and he, he really thought it was great and then asked me to share it with the other area sales directors in my division at our next meeting, and I shared it with them, and they really thought it was great too. And then they shared it with their teams um, at our next business unit meeting that we had, and then I was invited to a meeting with my boss and his level, and then our VP of sales, and I shared it there. They all got into it and really wanted to know more about it. And I asked permission to get the book for all the leaders, They're like, yes, since so everybody's getting the book. And then I was asked to share it at our next meeting as well, just because people just got energized by it. And, you know, and I have asked, I was, I told our, you know, my VP of sales, like, we need to bring coaches in for everyone, like, everybody needs to really this is such an opportunity for us to all get into this new mindset and then share this with our teams. And I just think it just, it trickles and it creates new energy and better culture. And so it, yeah, it's just kind of taken off in our business unit. So.
1: Kristen, I know that this conversation will help some of our listeners decide for themselves, whether or not uh, hiring an executive coach is the next right move for them. Uh, You've helped us once again, illustrate that it's not merely magical thinking and just merely talking about how we feel about something or what we dream and hope would happen. But there are some practical movements that you've chosen to make as you are transforming, experiencing a reinvention of yourself as a human and as a leader. And it's showing up in measurable results in your life and on your team. And I think we could even go out from there to say in the lives of future customers of the work that you're doing in the world, people who are going to experience more healing because you went after a big audacious goal. I want to acknowledge you for being somebody who doesn't stop fiercely advocating for people who may not know that help is available for them. So thank you for being that person. And this is going to sound like such a coach thing to say, but we're so excited to see what you are capable of in the years to come. Thank you for creating so much beauty in this world. You are a gift to us. Thank you both so much for being so transparent and honest about your experience
0: coaching. I think this is gonna be a huge help to a lot of our listeners.
3: It's been an honor. Thank you, Kristen.
0: All right, we have a few more things to let you know about before we go. First, podcast reviews really help us serve more people. So if this podcast is helpful for you, we'd love your help to get it into as many leaders' hands as possible. Please leave us a review, even if it's not five stars. And if you really want to go the extra mile, let us know what you'd like to hear more of or what you think we could do better to serve you and the people you care about. Okay, second, we have more resources for you online and they're all free. We have free assessments, educational videos, articles from sources like Fast Company, written by our coaches and clients, all designed to help you use our tools in your everyday life and leadership. To dive into the free treasure trove of goodies we have for you, go to novus.global and then click on resources. Some of you have been listening for a while and you haven't yet taken that next step to hire a coach. This is your time. I can't tell you how often I've heard from clients around the world that they wish they would have talked to us sooner. If you have a sense that you're capable of more, we would be thrilled to explore what coaching could do for you and those you influence. Simply email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. You also might be listening to this thinking, maybe you want to be a coach or maybe you already are and you have a vision to build a six or seven figure practice coaching people you love in a way that brings life to you and your clients. Well, that's why we created the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. It is an in-depth coaching apprenticeship designed to help you create the coaching practice of your dreams. The first step in exploring that is simple. Just go to www.mp, as in metaperformance.institute. There we have free assessments to help you see what kind of training you need to create the coaching practice the way our coaches do at Novus Global. And finally, and for some of you, this will be the most important part. This podcast was produced by Rainbow Creative with Matthew Jones as senior producer, Steven Selnick as producer, and editors and auto engineers, Drew McPowell and Jeremy Davidson. We love working with this team. To find out more about how to create a podcast for you and your business, check them out at rainbowcreative.co. Thank you so much for listening. We love making these for you. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.